I've been really excited about that set that we just did. That was incredible. Thank you guys for doing that. Brett, man, that was, that was outstanding. Elizabeth, team, we got Raz tonight. That was awesome. You guys, thank you. Uh, we, are, we are seriously so blessed to have these guys every single week. And uh, I just want to give my hand. I really do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're visiting here tonight, we're glad you're here. We hope you're not a visitor for long because visitors don't come back. We want you to come back. And uh, as Macy said in the beginning, we have a, a gift for you. And it's out in the lobby after the message. And you can go out there and meet Ryan and Macy. And they want to give you a, a bag with a shirt in it and all sorts of stuff. And so uh, maybe that will entice you to come see us again. Uh, last week was a phenomenal night. We had uh, tons of salvations and baptisms. And we celebrated that. And we're praying for that again tonight. And I just want to thank you guys again for continuing to show up and continuing to bring people and continuing to talk about it in your schools. And I, I met somebody last week. I'm like, why are you here? He goes, somebody was talking about it at lunch, so I decided to come check it out. And I was like, glad you're here, brother. This box is a, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you into my life just a little bit. Because what's in this box, and I, y'all don't, I don't know if y'all do this anymore, but um, when I was dating my wife, uh, and I guess we still date. Some people would say, well, you should never stop dating. Okay, we, we, we don't. We actually went on a date last night. But when I was like trying to win and trying to get her, uh, whenever she would write things to me, like on a like pen and paper, I kept it. And I still have the box with all the stuff in there. So, um, so yeah, I want to read a few things, a few letters, if you will, from my wife. I don't know why this is in there. Uh, it's a massive gobstopper, like huge. I don't remember why it was in there, but I'm sure it was very important. And I'm sure she got it for me. I'm not sure why, but great. So, uh, here's... I can't do all of it because I feel kind of funny. There's a lot in here, like, like a lot of stuff. Oh, here's something cool. Don't, not, this is pretty cool. See, I don't really care about this, but um, thanks. You don't even know what this is. This is, a, uh, this is my number when I did a half Ironman. And, <laughs> it's going on sale eBay. You can buy it for $5,000. Um, so I, that, that's cool. I kept that for myself. <laughs> the loser. All right, here's, here's something that um, it's on a, like, tissue. Little, you know, what a, tissue, I guess that's what you call it, Kleenex. It says, it says uh, I, don't, I don't know if y'all can see this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know, if, can, can y'all see that on the camera? No? Can you zoom in on it? It says, it says, oh, hi, I like you. <laughs> Guys, that meant, that was so awesome. She likes me. I mean, and now it's kind of funny because, like, we, we like each other, but we, like, love each other. You know what I'm saying? And the first time we ever said I love you was uh, whenever I proposed to her. And so every time she said I like you, I was like, oh. 
I like you too. I like you a lot, a whole lot. Oh, hi, I like you. I get this little, hey, hey. Here's a little note. I like you so much. Stop. Stop it. So, Brett, you remember these days, man. I like you so much. You're amazing. Stop. That's so sweet. I'm talking to myself like that. Like, look how happy I am. <laughs> I feel like I'm dating all over again. I like you so much. You're amazing. And I hope that your week and next week are amazing. I know it will be. Exclamation point. Hey. I'm big into punctuation. I'm a better person for having you in my life. That's right. Man, I, I, there are so many great things in here. And a gobstopper. I mean, just, just tons of stuff. Just, just letters and letters and letters. And I, and I kept them because, I don't know, I thought they were really cool. And they meant a lot to me. And it impacted my life. And this letter... Philemon was kept as well. This letter, I feel like, doesn't get enough love in the Bible. I have never in 12 years of teaching done a study on Philemon. And this is an amazing letter. And so Philemon, you need to understand, is who this letter is written to in the Bible. And so Philemon, when he received this letter from Paul, who wrote the letter, it meant a lot to him, so much so that he kept it. And so the reason that this letter is written is because of a man named Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave, and he was a slave of Philemon. And Philemon was very rich, had a lot of money, had a huge house, and he had slaves, which slaves were very much needed. And Onesimus ran away from Philemon. And when you run away as a slave, if you come back, most were executed. One was even thrown into a pond of flesh-eating fish and killed in the pond. And so this slave ran away, and he's running and running and running. And Philemon put out letters, and he put out things to, hey, I need you to help me find him. He told the people in charge of the law, hey, this guy ran away. Everybody kind of knew about it. And Onesimus runs in to Paul. Now, if you're running from something and you're not living your life right, and you run into Paul, who, by the way, wrote most of the entire New Testament, who at one time in his life killed Christians, was killing them, cutting their heads off, and then Jesus changed his life when he was walking down a road and told Paul, hey, you're going to do great things for me. And Paul went on to write so many great, great, great Books of the Bible. And so Onesimus runs into Paul. 
And while he runs into Paul, Paul does what he does, and he led Onesimus to Christ, which is so incredible. So now you have this slave running from their slave master, Philemon, who, by the way, Philemon was led to Christ by Paul as well. And so Paul knows Philemon very well. He knows his entire family, which we'll read here in a second. He, know, he knows him so good. And so Paul, this letter to Philemon is Paul saying, hey, I've got your boy here. And he is incredible. And I need you to forgive him and let him back in. And not use him as a slave anymore. But let him serve you. And there's a lot that goes into that. Because if Philemon lets him back in, then he is looked down upon by everybody else. And then you've got Onesimus, on the other hand, who is like most likely very scared to go back. Like as Paul's writing, he's probably like, no, don't put that part. Don't say that. Just, you know, it's okay. I'm going to go on. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. You're going to go back. Because I, I led you to Christ and you're a Christian and Philemon's a Christian and he must accept you back. Because he loves Christ. And so that's the setup for this book. While Paul is writing this letter, he is in jail. He is in prison. He is shackled. He can't move. Probably had somebody else writing for him. And so let's see what he says while he is in jail as he is writing to Philemon to free Onesimus. In verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. Paul always starts every book by saying who he is. Hey, I'm Paul, so y'all don't have to worry about it. In 2016, who wrote it? Paul wrote it. I'm Paul, and I'm in prison right now. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Right there showing that he is great friends with Philemon, that he knows him so well. Fellow worker. Showing that he is also a Christian, that he is a pastor, that he's a pastor. What, he's, what Philemon is doing is he has a house church. Remember, he's very rich, he's got a big house, and people are coming to his house, and they are learning about Christ. And so he says, hey, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to your wife, uh, I don't know how to say it, I'll just say Aphia, that's his wife. So he's like, hey, I'm, hey what's up, Philemon? What's up, your wife and, I don't know how to say this word, Archippus. Archippus could have been his son, Philemon's son, or an elder in the church. Also somebody else that is in ministry. So hang with me. So he is saying, hey guys, so good to hear. I just, I'm saying, hey, welcome, glad you're doing good, but uh, got a lot to tell you. And to the church that meets in your home, grace and peace to you. So Paul, he's pretty smart. Because he's about to drop a bomb here in a little bit about Onesimus. Grace and peace to you. I hope you're doing well. By the way, he's in prison saying grace and peace to you. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. He has not forgotten Philemon. He's continued to pray for him. And I want to stop right here. 
in verse 4. And I want us to notice Paul's attitude while he is in chains. Paul's attitude while he is in prison. Paul's attitude when he's in a really, really dark place. Notice that he's not throwing a pity party. Notice he's not a victim. Notice he's not like, ugh, hey, Philemon, I'm still in jail. This is horrible. He's not a victim of where he is. He is saying grace and peace to you. I'm praying for you. Man, people that are constantly the victim and they're handing out invitations to, your, to the pity party and no one's coming, you really get on my nerves. Oh, man, my life is so bad. I have this and this and this and this. And you're just like, pity party. Because you're a victim. Well, I, you, know, my, you, you don't know what they did to me. Because since they did that to me, I am this way now because. And you, and you become a victim. And you invite people into your little pity party. And by the way, nobody wants to hang out with you because you're constantly a victim. And you're constantly whining about yourself. Maybe you are tied up. Maybe you are going through it right now. Maybe you are having a real hard time. Maybe life is just like stupid crazy for you right now. Well, I want you to really think about Paul right now. He is not throwing a pity party. He is showing Jesus Christ. Because whenever we focus all of our attention not on us, as being the victim or on us and all the stuff that, w- w- the, the bad things in our life and well we didn't make this and I didn't do this or I have to do this and all these things. And we start putting our focus on Jesus Christ, it makes our stuff a lot smaller. And so right now if you're like, man, that's me, I, I'm a victim, I'm, a, I'm having a pity party, that's, that's, that is where I am at. Then I want to tell you to start focusing more on Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Praying, just talking to him, getting in the word, coming to church, worshiping by talking to him, getting in the word, coming to church, loving him, worshiping him. Because when you worship him, when you put all your attention on him at all times, not just the good, but also the bad, like we see here in Paul writing his awesome letter to Philemon to forgive Onesimus. When that happens, the focus is off of you and it goes straight onto Jesus Christ. You know, my my son, Ayler, he, both my kids love to sing. I don't know why. Um, My wife and I aren't really singer type folk. Um, And so Emmy was in a, a, a musical, I don't know, like a, I don't, not a musical, <laughs> like a performance where she sang some songs at Christmas time at her preschool. And, um, and so we went to that, and, the so- and she, had a, she had a solo, all right. It was actually a duet, but she said it was a solo, so I was so excited. We didn't know it was a duet until we got there and saw this other girl trying to outshine my Emerson, all right. 
And so we get there and we're excited and Emerson's been practicing her lines for a month, okay. And uh, it, it goes like this. It says, baby boy, baby boy. I don't remember the rest of it, but that's how it really started. And I think there were maybe like, I don't really remember the rest of it. But there's about three more words after that. And so like total five words, all right. So baby boy, baby boy, born in a manger, something like that, all right. It was a Christmas time. And so she constantly singing this baby boy, baby boy, born in a manger. Okay, so Ayler, okay, my two-year-old, Emmy's four, my son's two. He starts learning the song. He starts singing. Baby boy, baby boy. Like I'm not exaggerating. That is what he does. Still. It's February. It's about to be March. Baby boy. Baby. It's the only song he knows. It's baby boy. Baby boy. He has no idea what he's saying. Somebody's like, oh, he loves Jesus. No. Okay, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he, no. All right. He's two. Baby boy. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. It's random. He'll be in bed. We have a little monitor that we can spy on our kids with video camera and audio. And we can talk to them and like move it. And it's so awesome. He'll be laying there. J.J. Watt. Baby boy, baby boy is crazy. I mean, it is, it, it really is seriously awesome. Or, or, or Emmy, Emmy, she loves to sing. And this morning, she was singing the song, Touch the Sky, which we just sang two songs ago. She loves to sing. She sings songs to Jesus all the time. Like, like we were, we had daddy, it was like daddy daughter day at her school last Thursday. And it was really exciting. We had hot dogs and cookies. And we played uh, dress up and shaving. She like, whatever. It was great. Me and a bunch of other dads and their kids. And we're there and on the way there, she's singing amazing songs that are coming on or just start singing. And she'll do that. And guys, that blesses me and my wife just like crazy when I hear my kids, baby boy. Or she, she'll sing oceans. She'll sing all the songs that we sing here because she hears them all the time. And guys, that blesses me. That moves me. Think how much more it moves the, the heart of the Father when you worship Him. And, and what I like more than them singing, and I think God's the same way, is when they're doing some random thing. This just happened yesterday to my wife, giving Ayla a bath, and then all of a sudden, mid-bath, Naked, wet, baby boy. Stands up and gives my wife a big hug. And puts his head on her. All wet. I was like, that is awesome. Or Emmy will be just playing. Draw, she's into drawing right now. We've got all these crafts. And she's into doing all this really cool craft stuff. She makes me like a thousand pictures. But when she stops doing what she's focused on, and they do this. 
and they will literally look at my wife or I and say, I love you. Or Ayla will just randomly go, Dada. Whoa, woo. Or Emmy will put her to bed and she gets up like you all have and still do. And she'll come into our room and say, I love you. You can't get mad at that. You're like, you win, okay? Winning. When they stop what they're focused on, when they stop playing with the things, and they turn their attention on us and tell us how much and show us how much they love us, moves my heart like crazy. And when you take all your focus off of the stuff in our lives, we start to look just like Christ and we start to look like Paul. And we start focusing on him. And we just say, God, I love you. And I wanted to show you with my life that I love you today. Can you imagine how that moves the Father's heart when we just kind of stop what we're doing and we put all our attention on him? No matter if we're in chains, no matter what's going on. Acts 16, verse 25. About midnight, Paul, again we see Paul, and this is pre-Philemon. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Check that out. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They were the only ones in that jail again, in that prison, chained up, prison doors locked, shut down, in the darkness, in the sadness, not being victims, not being upset, not being angry, just totally focused on God, saying, God, we love you. God, we love you. We're going to sing some songs to you. No one else in here may be singing, and this may be really awkward, but God, I love you so much. And so we're just going to sing to you while we're in our chains. We're going to sing to you while we're in jail. We're going to sing to you no matter what's going on. And the other people are like, hey, probably sh- hey, shut up, Paul. Stop singing. No, they just probably sang, baby boy. And they just sang louder and louder and louder, and they can't move, and they're chained up, and they're probably looking around like no one else is singing. All right, we're just going to keep on singing because God said, you know what, we're just going to give him our all no matter what we're going through. And Paul and Silas are there singing. They probably couldn't sing good at all. It was probably absolutely horrible. But they're like, baby, you know, they're just getting after it. And they're singing and they're singing and they're praying. They're probably praying, God, we love you so much. Their their prayers, I wish we could hear their prayers. Father, we just love you. We thank you. We're so glad we're in prison. We pray that you use this opportunity to glorify you and I pray, God, for these chains that somehow these chains on me and this prison that I'm in will glorify you. And they're, they're singing through that and they're getting after it. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And then in verse 26, can you imagine this? It says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake. Can you imagine they're praying, God, I hope something awesome happens through my chains. I know that my life is just 
pretty boring right now. Things are bad. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to whine about it. I just want to glorify you. And then it's like, whoa, earthquake. Things start shaking. They're probably singing louder through the earthquake because they got nothing to lose. They're in prison. Probably think they're going to die there. They're singing louder. Baby boy. And the earthquake comes. And then the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came off. Everyone's chains came off. Not just Paul, not just Silas. Everybody's chains came off. And that is a massive example of when people see you worshiping, when people see you not just singing, worship is when you take your focus off of whatever it is that you're on and you place it onto God. And He gets all of your attention. It's not just singing songs, it is all of your attention is on Jesus Christ. And when people see you do that, instead of being the victim, instead of being upset, instead of being angry all the time, guess what? Other people notice and their chains can be set free by watching your chains be set free. And so their chains are set free. Can you imagine like earthquake, boom, whoa. And they're probably, Lord, thank you, this is awesome. For some of you in this room, your chains have set free because if you have found something that pleases you that is not Christ, you, you, have dove, you, you have found something that is just really not Jesus, but for somehow, some way, if you feel like that is taking the chains off, maybe that's drinking, maybe that's drugs, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's stealing, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's relationships, maybe you found something that it has set the chains free, like you have like, I am free, I'm free, I feel good right now. No, 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 no. Your chains, are, your chains are set free, but the doors of the prison are still closed in your life. And when God sets you free, He breaks the chains and He opens the doors so that you truly can be free. And when you worship Him through the mess, when you worship Him through the junk and through all the stuff, He not only just breaks the chains, He opens the doors so that you can walk out in freedom. That's what it says right here. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. When God sets you free, He wants you to be free. And this message right here seriously is talking to myself. I have chains in my life. I have a prison in my life. And I have to worship God through it. I struggle like crazy, as a lot of you know, with anxiety. I don't take medicine for it. I haven't been diagnosed with that. I just can tell. And it is a constant, daily battle. And every single day, I make a choice to stop focusing on that issue and to focus on Him. And I'm able to walk in freedom. 
tonight, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't, I don't know what your life is like. But there's a lot of people most likely who are hearing this either on the internet or in this room or later on a podcast. Who tonight, you, you need to be set free. Not from the chains, but from the chains in the prison.